Hello, welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. And Thanos. I'm your host, Al Sedano, and back again is... Thanos, Mad Titan. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian Zeno. <laughs> I thought you went to the doctor to take care of that issue. Yeah, well, you know, he's, he's a very compelling personality, let's just put it that way. Such a, such a heroic chin. <laughs> I just like when your wife makes him do stuff anyway. Yeah, exactly. Just, that, I'll just take out the damn trash. Yes. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> that's, that's why he's so resentful in trying to take over the universe. It's just the frustration born of domestic, like, life. you know, life, you know. It's like, one day I will rule the universe and then all you thralls will have to take out the trash. <laughs> so now that we understand his fundamental motivation. Yes. <laughs> the suburbs. The suburbs, exactly. <laughs> the cause of all evil. Yes, suburban house husband Thanos has taken Rick Jones and Captain Marvel prisoner because of the garbage. But anyway, so we are back and we are going to be doing Captain Marvel 27. Mm-hmm. So the third part of the Thanos saga. Mm-hmm. Part yeah, part three of, of the Starlinverse, the third installment of the Starlinverse. And it's an, actually an issue that actually has Thanos in it mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, right from panel one. Yeah, he is in most a good chunk of the issue. Is he on the cover? No. No, no, he's not. He is still, I think the, he has not made the cover yet, I think. No, no, he is not. Because he was on the cover for Iron Man. Mm-hmm, and... He was on, I think he might have been on the cover of Captain Marvel 26, but it was like, who is this mysterious character? And then you turn it down on page one. It's like, Thanos says no or something. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't think he was, though, actually. Well, maybe. No, hold on. I can, I can find that momentarily. I was uh, about to look, but my thing is being... Your, uh, your digital... My uh, device is being... Yeah, here tricky. you go. Oh, He's yes, right he up is. there in the cover of... Um, the, watching from afar uh, as the thing and Captain Marvel clobber each other. He's doing his rear window impression. Yes, exactly. Exactly, as Jimmy Stewart. Can you imagine? And Jimmy Stewart as Thanos. No, 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 no. Captain Marvel, like, you got, you got to let me take over the universe. It's, it's, it's what I'm meant to do. And Grace Kelly is dead. <laughs> Grace Kelly is dead. In which case, I can completely see why he would, why he would do whatever Death wanted. Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Oh. Uh, woo, child. Anyway. Anyway. So, Brian and I are going to go back to Fantasyland for a few minutes and think about Grace Kelly in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to drop in here a synopsis of the issue just to keep you guys occupied. Captain Marvel 27, Trapped on Titan, had a cover date of July 1973 and went on sale approximately April 24th, 1973, with an original cover price of 20 cents. Script was by Mike Friedrich, plot and art was Jim Starlin, inker Pablo Marcos, Letter was John Costanza, colorist Jim Starlin, editor Roy Thomas, and the cover art was by Jim Starlin. We pick up right where issue 26 left off, with Rick Jones having been captured by Thanos and his goons and brought to Titan. Thanos has Rick hooked up to the Mind Cyclone, which copies all the information in Rick's brain. Instructing a Badoon soldier to take Rick away, Thanos verifies that the process worked and then searches for his goal the location of the Cosmic Cube. Having found the cube's location, Thanos and his hooded companion depart, leaving the Super Skrull in charge. In the prison cells, Rick Jones is not just locked up, but bound so that he can't bang the Negabands together and call forth Captain Marvel. Lucky for him, the Badoon ignored Thanos' instruction to lock Rick up alone and puts him in with Eros and Mentor. Mentor is a former leader of Titan and Thanos' father, and Eros is Mentor's other son the one who did become a psychotic, murderous nihilist. The bar really wasn't very high for him, was it? The three of them escape, and Rick and Marvell agree to help free Titan. Back on Earth, Thanos locates the Cosmic Cube, but before he can grab it, he finds his way blocked by Drax the Destroyer. In New York, Luann makes her way to Avengers Mansion, but passes out as soon as she is inside, leaving Captain America to wonder what has happened to Rick, and who or what a Thanos is. The subplot's mostly out of the way for now. We go back to Titan as Cap and his companions are attacked, and Marvel and Rick Jones learn that the free fighting true army of Titan that they joined only consists of themselves, Eros, and Mentor. They are, however, enough, and Marvel is able to make his way to the Super Scroll. While they fight, we learn that the Supreme Intelligence put the knowledge of the Cosmic Cube into Rick's head in case he needed him again. Having won their battles, Mentor sends Captain Marvel back home to the roof of Avengers Mansion, to be exact. He's brought inside by the Black Panther, 
and finds the way in. Hey, Gene, we should do a podcast. Sounds like a great idea, Jeff. But what will we talk about? How about a superhero that we both love? Perfect. Someone like Thor or Captain America? Uh, both great choices, but um, I think they're being covered by somebody else already. Wait, I've got it. What about the protector of the universe? Like Voltron? No, no, no. The guy with the jewelry that lets him create whatever he wants. Ah, Green Lantern, nice. Close. No, this guy has cosmic awareness. Captain Marvel? Almost. I mean, Quasar. Ah, Quasar. Who doesn't love a good Quasar? Tune in to the Quantum Cast, covering all things Quasar. Yes, that's right. You can find us at quantumbands.blogspot.com. And on the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Yeah, that that didn't sound scripted at all, did it? Okay, we're done. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're back. Yes. That's ah, it. Princess Grace. Ah, uh, yes. Anyway. So, Captain Marvel 27, which has still is Captain Marvel fighting the Super Skrulls on the cover. Mm-hmm. No, no, not Super Skrulls. Yeah, he's fighting the Super Skrulls. Meanwhile, downstairs, as it were, on the ground floor of Titan, uh, Eros, still called Eros, not yet called Star, Star Fox. Fox. Star Fox, the rapey Avenger. Um, it's, it's funny because you look at it and the first thing, front and foremost, is Eros is punching out a Badoon. Yes. And so you're sitting here saying, oh, they're being overwhelmed by the, by the, uh, hordes of Badoon, but they aren't really. It's sort of Thanos's, which we will know from reading the issue, it's sort of Thanos's mercenary army, like no more than one. Thanos keeps them in line and keeps them from forming power bases and challenging his authority by having no more than one of, of any particular alien race. alien race in his mercenary army. So you got a one-eyed, Ding dong back there. And all you got a dude on the cover too. Yes, because they're all aliens. Yes. Come on, you know. And and then behind uh, Eros punching out the Badoon, you have a uh, um, mentor using his uh, apparently biologically built-in Iron Man power gauntlet blasters. Yeah, it looks like a repulsor blast. Repulsor blast to. Uh, and I I love though when they do these things where it looks like other people because mm-hmm. the guy right behind Eros mm-hmm. kind of looks like a looks like he has a Kree helmet on. A little bit. You're talking the dude with the gas mask sort of looking thing. No, that guy right there. Oh, that guy. No, no, you're right. You're right. No, the, he, that the, is a Kree helmet. The guy, the guy behind Eros. The guy behind Mentor with the gas. Looks mask like Whirlwind with a, with a gas mask. Yes, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, my favorite thing about this cover, though, is you know it does sort of say, "Look at this big old superhero fight." Um, the Super Scroll is blasting. Captain Marvel with his uh, Human Torch fire, and Captain Marvel is just sort of. Bending away from it, he's just kind of like, "Oh, I, I must, I must endure this hot wind." Is all like he doesn't appear like particularly phased no. by it at all, which is kind of, I just love how 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 unfazed Captain Marvel is by these superhero shenanigans. Yeah, well, Captain Marvel's always been a bit of a badass, even from the beginning. Yeah, they weren't sure what to do with him. He still was a bit of a badass. No, he was. I mean, he grabbed me right from the get go, which is why you know I'm on board with doing this podcast with well, you. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like this cover. It's just like versus the sinister Super Scroll, and it's like yeah, but not really like having that hard a time. No, <laughs> he's like who has the look of like come on. Come Come on. So we go inside, and immediately, Rick Jones, unable to free Captain Marvel, and trapped on Titan. Oh, and actually, that looks like the Kree guy from the cover, except uh-huh. he's purple, which, and that actually is a fit on his head. Which is understandable, because you probably had different colorists for the cover and for the interior, but that said, good on, on Starlin well, yeah, for the consistency there. Because who's the co- because the cover artist, I believe... Was also Starlin. I'm going to assume uh, so. Uh, it, I mean, the cover artist was whatever name I said in the synopsis. But I looked it up, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. But the colorist inside mm-hmm. is like last issue, Jay Starlin. Mm-hmm. Jay Starlin, plot and art. Plot, art, and colorist. Yes, he is the colorist. Yes, good point. Good point. Which is interesting because I think this might be the first time I think uh, he did July last issue. 19... Um, 73, 74? July 73. July 73. Um... Yeah, no, he was the coloring. I think this is right around the point at which colorists are starting to get uh, credited in Marvel Comics because, yeah, in uh, Captain Marvel number 25, they two don't. issues ago, cover dated March 1973, there is no colorist 
mm. uh, credit in the uh, credits. So now we have we have gotten to the point where credit colorists are starting to be credited in comic books, which is very cool. I did not. But know and the that. fact that Starlin was among the first that to me is kind of interesting. Yes. So anyway, so the, we got the Badoon and the that guy with Rick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like it. Thanos is there. Lead him this way to the Mind Cyclone. Oh, and the Mind Cyclone! I cannot wait to get to the Mind Cyclone. It is well. Let's here we go. We, oh, actually, what I'm, the last thing I'm going to say about the page one splash page here is that he's um you you've got this real like right in the foreground view of Thanos's big gold gauntlets and they look a little naked without infinity gems i got to say yeah, which well, i mean ad- admittedly infinity gems are like 18 years in the future at yes. this point and yet they still look kind of naked without well, infinity gems because we're so gems. used to the infinity gems now it's, it's true it's true it's like looking at it later on going back and looking at it going that's not right mhm mhm what happened or it's like having somebody you've known for 20 years who's always wore glasses and then seen picture of them when they didn't wear glasses, and you're like, where's your glasses? Mm-hmm. Exactly. What happened to them? What's well, yeah. wrong? Did you break them? Why? Did you break them? Yeah. No, I, I, I don't wear them yet. I only um, wore them because I got old. Mm-hmm. You weren't always old. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't start out that way. You're not Benjamin and Button. Then, and then she hits What? Um, so, so they, so the Badoon drags Rick off to the mine yeah, he's cyclone. Got a, he's got a nice uh, choke hold on him. Choke hold on him. And, and I love that, uh, man, the, the help that Thanos... Thanos has the absolute typical supervillain uh, foible, which is just not being able to hire good help. He actually has to tell the Badoon, you know, careful with him. I don't want my plans for Universal Conquest to be foiled by a broken neck. It's like, duh, you know. But they, I, they say they all worship him because, I mean, it, it's not just Master Lord now. It's Master Lord Thanos. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's not Lord Thanos or Master Thanos or Master. It's Master Lord Master Thanos. Lord Thanos. And I'm wondering if they're only doing that to maintain the... The premise that they they kept his identity a secret for that first issue for Captain Marvel twenty five yes. by calling him Master Lord. Lord, and it's like good on both uh, uh, Starlin for plotting and Friedrich for uh, for scripting. You know, I don't often maybe praise, think they're just keeping on the whole. Thing. I don't often praise Mike Friedrich's no, uh, scripting, but that said, in this case, uh, it's a good sort of consistency that you're not just jettisoning it, but you're creating a sort of bridge there. I so think Thanos good. just couldn't decide what he wanted to be called: Master Thanos, Lord Thanos, Master mm-hmm. Thanos, Lord Thanos, Master. Ooh, Master Lord! Yeah, exactly. Oh, and one thing I want to point—I need to point out here because this is her first appearance in this issue, and I was waiting for it when I read the issue, mm-hmm. and it never happened. There's death. Yeah, right next to she's just kind of just pops she's just in there. Yeah, never mentioned. Right. He never says who she is. Mm-hmm. And in in a couple of panels, I'm, we're going to see that that's in a way sort of the way Starlin operates as a she's plotter. Just there. Right. But not just him. I mean, either Mike decided, agreed with, knew about, or you know, listened to his plot. Doesn't give her any dialogue. Right. Like I said, Thanos doesn't directly. Because mm-hmm. one of my, remember where I was saying one of my issues about the reveal of Thanos was mm-hmm. that, uh, Master Lords, that they have this whole big thing about Thanos early in the issue. But to be fair, they also could have, I think, we're not sure who to blame it on because they're like, well, why would Starlin put it so early in the issue when right. he wants to reveal Thanos later? But also, obviously, it's going to be the bad guy of whoever that is, mm-hmm. the Emperor there, you know, the guy who took over Titan. But then again, I'm like, or was it Friedrich for putting in Thanos' name when he wasn't supposed to? That could, And just yeah. saying a, a, a power med, you know, a power med despot took over. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't and you do, and you Here, do. they're working together enough that obviously Death isn't saying anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Starlin doesn't have her doing anything but just standing there next to Thanos. Mm-hmm. But Friedrich doesn't have him call her by name or have her say anything to ruin that. So... This is definitely a good pairing of the two of them working well together. Also, uh, now we get to the middle of page two here, and I have to question how much, like, Friedrich got the scripting credit. But I have to wonder how much actual scripting he's doing here. Because, frankly, based on what I know of writing styles to come and writing styles of the That's past. That's very much Like, right startling. here, you get these, you get panels three and four on, like, on page a... uh, two, where, where the, Rick goes into the mind, uh, what's it called? The cyclone. The mind cyclone. Which, and, yeah, I and, thought it was going to make him a vegetable, by the way, and it doesn't. His brain's still there. It just downloaded a copy of his brain. Right, exactly. But you have this whole, like, psychedelic suffering sequence. It's where him it's doing like, his, uh, his Dicko, Dicko Doctor Strange bit. Yeah, and it's like, what, oh, mind, is the sound of synapses screaming? Or further, the sightings of the inner eye. And that right there, with the with the eyeball and the word reality, exclamation point, in the, zooming out from the eyeball. Kind of like is, the Star Wars thing, beginning of Star Wars. Where they show you the letters, but coming yeah. sideways instead. Right. Yeah. But and this right here is one hundred percent primo vintage 
Starlin. Yeah. So, uh, which makes me wonder, you know, Friedrich was probably contracted, which is why he got the credit and he probably got paid for the scripting job. That said, I have a feeling that a lot of Friedrich's scripting job for this issue was just working around words that Starlin had handed him along with the plot oh, well, in the art. Least those, at least those type of panels, I'm thinking Starlin might have done. Because mm-hmm. there's a few more of those panels like where it's just the words there. It's not even like a caption box. It's just words on art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think though I wouldn't be surprised if those that Starlin did, and the rest was like you know the regular dial you know dialogue balloons and the uh, regular captions were Friedrich, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Starlin did his own little freaky things. Of, yeah, you know what oh mind and all that bit because that's all the Starlin stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I have to ch- I forgot to check. I think this might be the first appearance of Isaac. Um, the big computer from Titan. I don't. I think that in Iron Man fifty five, oh, where we did. first meet the the where we first meet the Starlin verse, and we first meet Thanos and and Drax the Destroyer and all that, and we get the whole info dump on t- the situation. Oh, maybe Isaac was using it. I remember. I think I believe now. Because I did check. This is they, the second. Because this is the second Eros. I can mentor. go back. I can go back right now. Right. This is the first. This is the second time that we go to. Um, Titan and meet all of them. Yes. But the fact of the matter is, is that I know that in that in Iron Man we got the uh, explanation of Titan and the way it lives inside a giant computer, basically. But that said, um, uh, yep, yep, Isaac in, in, in Iron Man oh. fifty five it is introduced as Isaac, a gargantuan computer, both teacher and servant to what lay below do it, a completely it- self sufficient paradise home of the Titans. What they do not do is give Isaac the backronym. Yes. Yes, the um, in- integral synaptic anti plus minus. Yeah, anti plus anionic computer. Uh huh. Okay, they really were think- trying to figure out how to make it go into Isaac. Uh huh. <laughs> it's kind of like the way they present Shield in the Iron Man movie, where they make the name, uh-huh. and it's like, oh, I guess you know. <laughs> It's like what is that? Oh no! In the first episode, yeah, the first of, episode of Agents of Shield. Uh, what did it say? Somebody really wanted the, the somebody initials. Somebody really wanted the initials to spell out Shield. Shield. Yes, that yes. was a great line. I love that line. Um, so yeah. So now here's what I like is that okay? He, he he did the mind. He did the mind cyclone, and his mind is completely encoded within Isaac. You know, take him away. He's useless to me now. What I like here is, meanwhile, he says, meanwhile, I must be assured I received a proper record. Isaac, commence immediate auto-visual playback of subject's recent past. And it's like... Translation, give me... Translation, what happened last issue? Yeah, no, not only translation what happened last issue, but I'm thinking it must be assured I received a proper record. Let's see what he got up to with Luan. And now this is a very... Now, remember I was complaining in 25 about this is not Starlin yet? Mm-hmm. This is, we are definitely getting... This is Starlin. Oh. This right here. Commencing subject, Rick Jones, Captain Marvel, being composed of two entities. <laughs> Note, similar phenomena known only on Delta Phi 4, and there only in lower mammalian form. Yeah, that's a cool one. But here's my favorite part. DJ Thanos up top there, spinning yes. the disc while, you yes. know, while watching the replay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, yes. It's DJ Thanos. We should have one out in real world. Anyway, we have an Adam Warrock. We do? There's a guy who's like a like a DJ or something does, you know, Adam Warlock. He's called Adam Warrock. <laughs> I would want to go see a Adam, double feature a club someplace that had Adam Warrock and DJ Thanos. Oh, God, yes. No, that wait, would be so awesome. Uh, like that, a rap group, MC Adam Warrock and DJ <laughs> Thanos. Because Adam Warrock right there sounds like the name of a Beastie Boy, you know? <laughs> I'm the DJ, he's the Messiah. Yes, exactly. I'm the DJ, he's the Messiah. That's the, that's the name of the debut album. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's so, yes. Oh, we have to do that. We have to do that. DJ Adam I've Warrock. I've never listened to anything that Warrock MC does. Adam Warrock and DJ Thanos. I think he does stuff like MC Chris type stuff. I don't know who that is. Uh, okay, never mind. I'll play some my, later. Uh, you, you, you have to understand. I'm, 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 a, I'm a white boy from the suburbs. Um, uh, my, my knowledge of hip-hop is extremely limited. My, my, he does what they call like the nerd rap or whatever. Like, oh, know. nerdcore. Yeah. Nerdcore. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard of it. Uh, I think that's what Adam Warrock does. Okay. I actually have never listened to anything Adam Warrock does. Not because I hate it or anything. Uh-huh. I just... Haven't come across it? I just haven't listened to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like any of the five million other things I haven't read, watched, listened to or whatever, I just... Didn't <laughs> and now this I love because we've been we've we've talked in the past on this podcast about the ways in which this uh, current run of Captain Marvel is going out of its way to sort of redefine itself, sort of reboot itself there with issue number twenty five, yeah, and the beginning of the Master Lord storyline. 
but it's never he never it's never has quite as firm a point an exclamation point placed on that process as it does right here where with one line here about two-thirds of the way down of page uh, uh, three where he says after conflicts irrelevant to the present concern boom the first 24 issues of Captain Marvel swept away with yeah. one line it's completely irrelevant to the present concern nothing to see here moving along done yeah <laughs> we got the, so it's only one page at least of the uh mm-hmm flashback stuff and mm-hmm. they, at least he tries to incorporate it somewhat into the story mm-hmm. i mean as opposed to just people saying oh let me remember what happened five minutes ago or at least there's a, i mean i'm not saying it's the greatest but at least there's a bit more reason for thanos to go all right i'm download his brain let me just make sure make sure we got it you mm-hmm. know we hit play for a like minute. i like that he's going to know what he's looking at like for all he knows yeah, he doesn't know i think he just wants to play and make sure something was recorded uh, which is fair which is fair I work in television in my day job, and that is something we do. Yeah, Check to make sure it, it's stuck. Yeah. Is, is, You're just like, you okay, know. rewind it a minute. Okay, hit play. Mm-hmm. All right, that looks good. Good, good enough. So, like I said, because, I mean, that is the issue back then, is that they had to keep doing a flashback every time of, mm-hmm. this is what happened. And so sometimes it gets frustrating nowadays when we're reading it, and we're like, oh, God, I just lost four pages, you know, flashbacking, and it was just a flashback. <laughs> and it was just, so that's time in my life I'm never getting back. So at least this, this gives something to the story. So, like, now he has things to do, mm-hmm. and so he skips out, he leaves the Super Scroll. So this gives us a, also an idea of the power level of Thanos and the Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Because we know where the power level of the Super Scroll is in relation to the Marvel Universe. Because mm-hmm. he's fought the FF. Mm-hmm. So you get an idea where he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, Super Scroll's like, the, the Destroyer? Mm-hmm. Like, he gets all, you know, he starts crapping his pants a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's like, no one has defeated him except you. Uh-huh. So right there, we're like, oh, okay. You know, it kind of gives you a little, he also gives you an idea of where the power level of the Destroyer and Thanos are in relation mm-hmm. to the rest of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes you can have these guys fight, you know, a character in their own book, but it's like, yeah, he's tough against this guy, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there he's like putting up, it's like, no, no, Drax and Thanos are like power levels up there. Like, obviously we're getting near like, you know, at the very least you would think they're, you know, near, you know, thing levels of strength, if not higher. So probably even near uh, Thor levels. So how exactly did the coordinates of the Cosmic Cube come to be in Rick Jones' brain? Uh, they explain it in here. Do they? Okay, yeah, they so, we'll get, so we'll get to that. We'll get there. So yeah, but he, I like so, he leaves the, 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 the uh, Super Scroll with like a little trinket. Here, keep this little glass ball. It'll mm-hmm. protect you. Uh-huh. Which we learn later. If perchance the Destroyer should attack, because, you know. Which we learn later. Doesn't do crap. Exactly, exactly. But here, obviously... And so he sends him off to Louisiana. I love that. You will go to Louisiana. You're going to the bayou, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, but, but he leaves, and you said before about how Thanos has to give explicit instructions... To every single one of his thralls. But he did. Mm-hmm. Because they still didn't listen. He said, keep Rick Jones separate. Right. And Rick Jones is handcuffed, and you can see it's not just handcuffed, it's like... They can't. He his yeah, can't get his got, arms together, so right. he can't click the negabands. Yeah, he's got the he's got the, the 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 separation bar there. And he's right there though with Eros and Mentor. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, duh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. No, that was not. <laughs> this that bad was dude extreme, did not listen. That was extreme. Uh, a super goon idiocy there. To be fair, know? it's a Badoon. Mm-hmm, that's true, and Badoons are 99.9% of the Badoons that have been shown in the Marvel Universe uh-huh. are the mental equivalent of uh, that egg sandwich I just ate before. Ah, uh, fair enough, fair enough. That is that is absolutely true. They are not very bright. Even to this day, I was recently rereading the recent issue of Guardians of the Galaxy, where uh, basically the entire issue is uh, Angela and Gamora uh, having themselves a contest to see how many Badoon they can uh, screw up over yeah. the course of the issue. And even there, the Badoon are just like, oh, uh, 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 monster of Badoon, go! You know? <laughs> it's like they got nothing. They're yeah. morons. Well, you know? come on. I mean, Thanos even said that about in the um, the graphic novel. You know, their mm-hmm. TV sucks. Yes. <laughs> kind of true. Uh, so he gives it. So Mentor and, you know, they talk to Rick. Mm-hmm. And is, Rick is still obsessed with his girl, which is kind of like, okay, but still, it's like, really, dude? It's like, you've just got this whole thing with, like, the Cosmic Cube and this dude trying to take over the universe, and you're like, yeah, and my girl's still trapped on Earth. It's like, priorities, man, come on. But I don't know whether they're trying to write, I mean, I guess they're trying to write a little, like, of the youthful 70s-ness. Yeah, yeah. Because right here they have the whole, um, 
what kind of scene is this, man? An alien civil war? Yeah. And it's, and it's like, I can see having to fight somebody's wronged you, but war's a drag. Uh-huh. War's a drag. Is there ever a more seven, like early 70s line than that? And I know they're trying to go with the whole thing in the 70s, but on the mm-hmm. other hand, it's like, yeah, but Rick, but when, like, you know, this supervillain takes over an entire planet, don't you kind of have to have a war? Yeah, Kree Skrull. Well, you know, Kree Skrull War, that's, uh, that's in his past now, right? Rick yeah, Jones, this, the whole Kree Skrull War. Because that's when they got re- recombined. Yeah, okay. So, but it, it's just, I don't know, it just seemed a little naive of Rick, but I guess they were trying to go with the whole 70s thing. I agree, and I, but I do like... And his uh, mind gets changed as soon as he sees what happened outside. Yeah, exactly, and I like uh, Mentor's uh, response. True, young one, but when killing, when killing becomes impersonal, most justice is washed away, if there was any to begin with. But why, then why do it? We felt we must. Look at our world, Rick Jones. See and hear what war has done to us. Commence info dump. Oh, and this is all, I'm pretty certain this is all Starlin. Right. This, this is like is, his war poem. Yeah. You know, I destroy the homes. I destroy the woods. I destroy I the air. I am war, little human speck. Although, my question is, okay, well, that's not really a rotting tree, but it's branches yeah. that tilted down. Because it's supposed to be, there were living trees and now rot. I can kind of go. Yeah, with that. no, that that doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't. The, the image does not match the text. Kind of. Mm-hmm. I can kind of go with that one though. And once, then the next one works. Yeah, once there were fresh breezes, now only stench. And, and it looks have, like it's coming out some cosmic smoke with Kirby crackle. So I can go. That one I'm fine with. Yes. But then once there is eight, that no 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 that's not Kirby is that Kirby crackle or the, the or is that called something Kirby something or no those it? are Kir- Kirby dots Kirby dots but uh, same thing Kirby crackle Kirby dots I'm yeah. pretty sure it's the same thing uh huh or Kirby dots at least. But then it's, once there were treasures of beauty, now only ugliness. The statue looks fine. Yeah, I was going to say. Now, if you to... showed, like, the statue half smashed. Yeah, exactly. Or that's if it, that really or if it had a demonic Badoon visage, gargoyle-looking like, like, thing. You know, uh, yeah, like or vandalized. Like, you could see mm-hmm. it was supposed to be something else, and, like, he carved a, a Badoon face in or something. Exactly. And now, once again, we, I am war. Who are you? Flea. You know? But obviously, Rick's mad again. Mm-hmm. He got mad last issue. Mm-hmm. Rick's getting mad a lot. Yeah, and so he turns. He's he's really ruled by his emotions. He, he is, is like a hot eighteen, head. though. I guess so. I mean, I guess that's so. pretty much what rules you. There's two things that rule an eighteen-year-old boy generally. Well, and and they say and as what much is the right emotions? Here. They say as much right here. An outraged anger to a young man easily swayed by what he feels. Yeah, you know. So yeah, he turns into Captain Marvel, and once again we get this is so Rick Jones slang. I love the way he talks. Running with the Avengers, I've seen some bad shafts done to people. <laughs> Love that. Just talking about shaft. I think shaft um, was out by now. It, it probably was. I think it's so. It's 73, so I'm pretty sure it was out by now. Mm-hmm. But screwing up a world is the worst. The absolute worst. Although, and he's crying. He's so... He's so... There's some tears. This is, he's not crying. The tears tear. are leaking from his leak. eyes. Because he's a man. Yes. He's a 70s man, so there's a little bit yeah. of leaking, but well, not Only really a little crying. bit. It's, it's kind of... A peeking out, but not really. Yeah, anyway, and then Cap. But I, although I'm trying to figure out why Captain Marvel's helping, I guess because he knows otherwise Rick would never shut up about it. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not really emotional like Rick. It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. He's like, Yeah, world destroyed. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm a Cree. We've done. We do this for breakfast. <laughs> we smash up worlds for breakfast. What are you talking about? And here's and here's where the th- the theme that will carry this part of the saga forward is is again sort of. The, the the seed is planted here because he says because Captain Marvel comes out and he says uh, as a combat captain for the Warrior Cree I'm sworn bound to the Cree battle code when combat beckons I am to choose my side then strive ceaselessly for victory or receive death like this kind of concept that right now Captain Marvel is a uh, powerful committed but kind of uh, committed war warrior and that's something that's going to really become important in a a few issues so just the fact that he's laying those thematic seeds here gives you the sense and this is why we're doing or this is at least why i'm here and why i think this is a significant part of of comic book history and a significant part of marvel history is that along with um along with the uh, O'Neill and Adams uh, run on uh, Green, Arrow, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, uh, which was a few years before this. Yeah. This is one of the first times, I think, that a superhero comic is really committing itself to handling 
something uh, thematic in a more long-term sense. It's like we've got not this idea. We've got this – not just the one issue but also that we've got uh, – so we're not this is not just hey here's our superhero here's a bad guy they're going to go at it and one of them's going to win here it's like i have this philosophical concept that i wish to explore that i wish to express thoughts upon and in order to do that i am going to create this somewhat longer term story that will embody this theme and it's like that sort of for lack of a better term, literary approach is, like I said, with the exception of the social uh, uh, social fabric sort of themes inherent in the Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams uh, uh, stories told in Green Lantern a few years before, this is one of the first instances of that in the comic book. And I think it's the first time the comic books showed a, a tendency towards the literary. Yeah. And you really have to respect that. So we can make fun of Rick Jones' slang all we like. and Or Captain Marvel's porn pose here. Captain Marvel's a stunning crotch thrust porn pose on this page. But that He's said, doing the time warp. It's the <laughs> pelvic thrust. It's the pelvic thrust. It's just a slide to the left. And I'm, it's driving me insane, so I have to admit. <laughs> but, so, so, but I'm saying, you know, at that, all that time, you really have to give this issue and this run its props for what it represents in terms of the evolution of the comic book art form. You know, which okay is something maybe I look for a little more than most. I'm 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 the Scott McCloud of the fan set, perhaps, and I'm always <laughs> looking. I'm always looking for those sort of you know uh, uh, meta uh, developments, that sort of comics as an artifact sort of thing. So so there you go. Uh, rock and roll on Captain Marvel here, yeah. and uh, but man, the 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 poses because not just Captain Marvel's crotch forward uh, but pose, Eros. but Eros is it's like these these sort of thrust like like sitting down while standing up poses are just out of control here and it's like yes dynamic but anatomically like they would if i tried to do that i would fall over at least mentors just standing yeah exactly He's, mentors like i'm old i don't have time for this i don't BS. have time to po- i ain't got time to pose <laughs> well i mean it makes sense though he's like a week away from retiring Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's getting too old for this. I'm getting too old for this. I'm a week away from retiring. By no means will I die by the end of this picture. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, in uh, Invisible to Human Eyes, we get the the, the blazing comet that's uh, Thanos and his sidekick, his as yet unnamed but awful Grim Reaper-y looking sidekick. Uh, rocket on down to the Ile Dernière outside of Louisiana. And oh, I, my, wow, my thing screwed up. Because all of a sudden I just I went from the panel where, the page of we're talking about mm-hmm. and the next page it showed is the one where he we reveal he's looking for the cosmic cube. I wondered why we had skipped that page. Your pages are a little out of order in your uh, 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 digital sure they, thing here. And I even looked before I put download in there, make sure all in order. Yeah, sometimes sometimes uh, image viewers are a little uh, uh, wacky. That is why if you read comics digitally, I cannot over recommend the app called Comic Cat. Which I have for the Kindle Fire. You might it might be available. It's cost like a buck ninety nine, and it takes it. It basically reads CBR and CBZ files mm. as uh, as single books, and I have found it invaluable for my look for, that, for for my voracious reading of digital comics. So uh, that said, so now we are we are here on the Ile Dernière, where wait, wait, uh, yeah. Thanos and the and and Death have come to look for the Cosmic Cube in a cave. And hey, lo and behold, who should show up in the cave but Drax? How did the you destroyer. get there? Yeah, Drax the Destroyer. We'll have to find out next time because I don't think Thanos and Drax show up again for this in, issue. In this issue. Now we cut to Avengers Mansion. Yeah, we actually got a bit of a page cameo of the Avengers. We got what? Mm-hmm. We got Cat and Iron now Man. I'm positive that Friedrich is scripting it because I absolutely have no faith in Starlin to script. He is... I just, at this point, I just get the sense that Starlin is so wrapped up in his personal vision and his personal philosophical themes and his, and, and, and his own, like, sort of plot that he's advancing here, that while I'm sure he was able to plot the Avengers portions of this, and in future issues we know that uh, he's going to take over the writing of the book entirely in, before too long, at, and, and the Avengers will be in those issues, at this point I just get this sense that Starlin, like, just doesn't have it in him to script such 
such such mundane superheroes right. as the uh, as the Avengers, as Iron Man and Captain America. You so know? yeah, so we got Iron Man, Captain America, Scarlet Witch, Vision, and Black Panther, mm-hmm. and we got Luann here showing up at like she was told right, to go exactly. to Avengers, Mansion. and it's clearly the same day because she's wearing the same clothes. Yeah. And she brings out, she shows them Rick Jones' uh, ID card. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and when they get there, she pretty much passes out after telling. Now, at this point in Avengers history, are they, as a general rule, I have not. Early seventies Avengers is kind of a dark, is kind of a blind spot for me. Uh-huh. Frankly, uh, I read the Kree Scroll War, and then I fast forwarded immediately to the. Uh, I'm trying to remember which came first. If it was the Serpent Crown Saga with Squadron Supreme, or if it was the uh, Korvac Saga with the uh, original. Guardians of the Galaxy, but either way, like I, both of those are sort of mid late seventies. So yeah. this whole, well, like, more, I think, I think Serpent Crown is first. Okay, Serpent yeah, I get Crown, the sense that's like seventy six. Serpent Crown is around the like one forties, one fifties. Yeah, and yeah, one fifties. Thanos is. Yep. Uh, that's no, right, not Thanos. Corvac. Uh, Corvac is around the 170s. You're right, you're right. So anyway, so between the Kree Scroll War and the Serpent Crown Saga, there's a big blind spot for me in terms of Avengers. I so the reason I bring it up is Avengers. I do kind of dig it at the times. Oh, I do. I love all of it. And you know, I have this I have this dream in my mind that one day, uh, are you listening John M. Wilson? I am in com- competition with you. He's already read one, most of the 70s Avengers. I was going to say no, no, no. One day I have my goal is to one day have read every like Marvel comic at least up to what 1990. Maybe you know, but anyway, the reason I bring I bring that up is because so here you've got these these are these are the Avengers. This is not like the kooky quartet when they weren't sure they wanted their A list superheroes to be in the Avengers, so they were kind of like you know yeah. running Yellow Jacket and you know the Vision around. This is like Captain America, Iron Man. You know these guys these are these are A list Avengers, and yet they're super paranoid, like almost mindlessly paranoid. It's like they see a girl at the door, they see Rick Jones' ID card, and their first thought is this could be a. Tra- she could have stolen it from Rick Jones, and it's like Get that her. sort of knee-jerk paranoia. Is that typical of the Avengers at this stage in their uh, history? Mm, I don't know. Let's see. This is issue what currently for Avengers. It's issue one thirteen. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were just attacked by the Sentinels and stuff. And they okay, some, that's fair. That's fair. They had some crazy stuff going on. I actually read some of these issues. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, absolute. Side oh, and note. actually, this is a whole thing about where, whether or not the Vision was going to betray them for. Uh, with the Grim Reaper, okay, okay, to bring him back as a bring him back, put his mind back in as Wonder Man, and have him come back as Wonder Man's body. Oh, interesting. Because remember, his brain patterns were based on Wonder right. Man. Right. No, that that whole family saga would go on for another decade until West Coast Avengers, which yeah. is where I know of the whole Williams family drama. So I wonder if maybe that has. To, I mean, you, know. you could have kind of excuse of cap, you know, them being a little prepared because. I suppose, I suppose. Now, apropos of nothing, just a side note, one thing I want to talk about when I do read 1970s Avengers, late 60s and 1970s Avengers, one of the great things about it is the way they talk to each other. It's like they have these big, bluff, manly uh, nicknames for each other. You said it, shellhead. But my favorite thing about this is the way they sometimes say, what, what, what do you mean, Avenger? You know, it's like they address each other as Avenger, and I'm just yeah. like, you know, I something about that is just so, like, stupidly charming that I love that about this era of Avengers. So. Now, the question is whether, because she says she had a, it took all her strength to break the control mm-hmm. to get there. Is she still under control? Absolutely. This is, this is. Because I don't remember. I haven't read the next Have issue, we, so I don't know if do she's we, still. Do we? Do we? Was it explained in the last issue where my Master Lord Thanos's control of his thralls is coming from? Have we had that reveal yet? From a Earth villain. But like we don't know. But that's no all name. we know. Okay. So the 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 control. I suspect. My thought is that it is still going on, and that this is a big old ruse in order to get Luan inside. Avengers Mansion, Mansion and I think that suspicion, if I remember correctly, because I've read this before, but it's actually been a while, um, if I remember correctly, I believe that suspicion gets borne out going forward. Spoiler alert! Now, hopefully, we will. I'm hoping that next issue we'll see something of the Avengers doing something proactive here, mm-hmm. because now Cap, now she says, she tells Cap the name Thanos, and of course Cap's mm-hmm. like, what the hell's a Thanos? I'm Luan, and Thanos, Thanos! Now, hopefully Iron Man... Hopefully yeah. they'll actually do it. He'll actually tell the Avengers, what other Avengers, what she said. So mm-hmm. Iron Man can go, ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, I yeah. know who Iron Man is. I know, I know. I know what, wait. Mr. Katja, ooh, ooh, ooh. I you know, know who Thanos is. <laughs> Thank you. Mr. Uh, Rogers. Tony, Tony, <laughs> Tony, Tony Stark Horseshack. Uh, <laughs> welcome back, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Welcome back, Rogers. Welcome back, Rogers. Oh, man. Uh, but so hopefully there's going to be something going on with the Avengers, at least doing something to attempt to help mm-hmm. Rick. 
But that's all we get for them. For that's this all issue. we get. So now we, we so We're now back we have to the placed, war. So now the 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 uh, pl- pieces have been placed. The future developments in the plot, the plot have been set the, up. The, the plot threads have been laid for the subplots. And so now I suspect it is time to return to the star of this book, Captain Marvel, and get set up for some climactic fisticuffs. What do you, what sayest thou? Oh, I believe so. But here's this is my favorite page. Mm-hmm. Oh, is just it? The, okay. Well, no, just from the lo- dialogue mm-hmm. <laughs> where Captain Marvel's like, <laughs> "Where's our what's in our what's our weapon situation? What's the number of troops?" And uh-huh. Aerosol's like, "Well, we kind of forgot to neglected to mention the free fighting true army of Titan now numbers three. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's you, you, me, and my dad. That's you mean it. we are the weapons? We are the troops? Yes, and I love and I love that this this one panel is the best panel in the whole issue. You got the like, two. You have you have the face of like they do this effect a lot when Rick Jones is sort of um, playing it's, audience it's to like what's the going on. Image of Rick, right, right, over top. his head, and and this is when Rick Jones from the negatives is sort of witnessing and and for lack of a better term, kibitzing yeah. on what's going on in 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 Cap- with Captain Marvel as he's in command control of the of the body. Sure body. And and you got and Cap on the bottom, just his head. Going, hmm. <laughs> like Rick, if we were separate, I would kick your butt right yes, now. Thanks a lot, Rick. <laughs> So finally, the mercenary army th- shows up, and clearly they're feeling policey because they say that you three freeze. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, do we recognize any of the aliens? We got a Regillian there. It looks like. Uh, 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 okay. The big-headed guy with the green. Yes, head. yes, I remember those from Thor when yes. when that when that when that crazy big-headed chick came Ten down and, and tried to tried to tried to take over the world for Rigel. We yeah. own you. We own you. I loved that. That was one of my favorite issues of the Lee Sorry. Kirby uh, Thor. Um, that was so, like 132, 133, somewhere around there. Yeah, so good. Because when I, I did the first High Evolutionary issues, 134 and 135 on the mm-hmm, show, mm-hmm. and that was like the very end of that. Like the first two pages kind of sent her away. Okay, okay. So it must have been right before there. So, um, yeah, Mentor takes care of them because he's pissed at them because mm-hmm. they accuse him of treason. He's like, this is my plan. Now, here's what I'm wondering. Is this, is the, ah, uh, is that Mentor's scream of rage as he Fs these I mercenaries up? Or is that the mercenaries' scream screams of pain. of pain as they get effed up? I thought it was just them watching an early Vance cut of the Flash Gordon movie. Oh, that could be. Flash. Ah, he's a miracle. Uh, so but, um, no, I think it's them screaming in pain because his screaming is the no one accuses me of treason. Ah, and yeah. so my question is, was it panel? The second line of panels, mm-hmm. the last one. So this is, the last one. This is so freaking important because what is that? Is that supposed to be? Eon. It is supposed to be Eon, who we have not met yet, but this is the first appearance. Because isn't this the story where Captain Marvel becomes... Remember, right. This is the, the... Ultimately, this line of issues is going to result in Captain Marvel's meeting with Eon and his second big metamorphosis. Yes. But that said... Remember what I said a couple of pages ago where, you know, where he said, you know, I'm a man of the Kree, I have my code, I am a man, I am a man of war and I must fight to the death, blah, blah, blah. And now just a few pages later, you have the very first appearance of Eon who will meet with Captain Marvel and act so momentously in response to that aspect of Captain Marvel's personality. The very first time he shows up and all you have is a disembodied caption saying, shall I act now? And then, no, wait. It is not time yet, and I love. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I forget what the what the current uh, currently uh, sanctioned term is, but I like that uh, Eon, uh, Eon, this momentous uh, uh, being that wields so much power, oh, yeah, suffers yeah. from uh, multiple personality disorder. Yeah, Eon is listed <laughs> in the comic book DB. Yeah, of course. Issue. Yeah, no, that's totally Eon. That. Absolutely. I was actually wondering when I first read it. Is that? Oh, this is his first appearance. No. Yeah. Wait. Oh, they got it wrong. Well, because this isn't really an appearance. It's no, sort it's, of an... it's there. Okay. It's sort they of an first appear- It's funny. It says, first appearance, Captain Marvel 28. But then, uh-huh. but then when you click on click on all the characters' yeah. appearance, the first one that shows up is Captain Marvel 27. On uh, Oftentimes, for first appearances, I actually, believe it or not, I go to Wikipedia. Um, and it will often, when it lists first appearance, what it will always... Like, like it'll do like a Mary Jane sort of thing. <laughs> uh, Mary, uh, first appearance, silhouetted. You know, Amazing Spider-Man, whatever. First appearance, full. You know, so this is first appearance, cameo. First appearance, 
full will be in the next issue, I think. But anyway, I love that Super Skrull, he's such a dingbat, because he's like, yeah, not <laughs> Master Lord left me home alone, now I'm in charge. I have access to all the information he schemed for, so I'm going to play with his stuff. Yes. <laughs> I love that. You know? Until, you know, Captain Marvel kicks Captain Marvel the door shows in. up, right, exactly. And now, and this is pissed. How cinematic is this? Did you ever watch The Prisoner? Uh, not really. No, okay. So it's one, on the list of things I know I should watch. I just haven't had a chance to it's, it's, track it's it down. Really, it's, it's really one of the iconic touchstones of nerd entertainment over the last century. Um, and what I will say is one of the great things, and this has been done in multiple movies, but me being me, the first example that, th- that, that went to my mind was um, the, the Prisoner. The, at the, in the last episode of The Prisoner, Slight spoiler, there is a climactic throwdown where there's a big, like, battle. Yeah. And as violence is happening and things are getting destroyed and people are getting punched and, you know, while all that is going on, you have All You Need Is Love playing on the soundtrack by the Beatles. It's (laughs) It's an amazing bit of visual slash soundtrack disconnect. And I feel like here... In, on this page of this issue, Jim Starlin is really sort of reaching for that kind of cinematic effect where you have Captain Marvel and the Super Skrull going at it fisticuffs yet again, but really this is all framed by and going on against the backdrop of the mind cyclones continued, the computers, I, sorry, Isaac's, yeah. continued of, uh, dissemination of uh, information gleaned from is, Rick Jones' mind. And this is where we find out how he knows about the Cosmic Cube. The Supreme Intelligence stuck it, get put it in there in case he needed Rick for something again. Uh, which, uh, the, uh, can I tell you, on the list of scheming dicks in the Marvel Universe, I am always repeatedly surprised... But, you know, you think of, at any point, I forget about the Supreme Intelligence's existence, and I forget about what incredible dickery he is capable of. So I'll sit there and I'll say, yeah, who are the biggest dicks in the Marvel Universe? Well, Thanos, the Purple Man, Doctor Doom, blah, blah, blah. And then repeatedly, over the course of my reading, the Supreme Intelligence shows up, does something dickish, and I'm like, oh yeah, and that guy. I hate that guy. I hate that guy. (laughs) So, actually, if we haven't done it yet, i got to double check. I want to get... Later on, but if he isn't supreme intelligent, on our dick list. Yes, he's got to be on the dick. He's list. on the dick list with Odin and uh, Jor-El. But 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 he's a but he's a stealth dick because he comes in, he does dick things, and then he goes away, and you forget about him. It's like the special power he has over readers. Although I'm not really sure why he put the the knowledge in Rick Jones' head because he's a dick. <laughs> Nor am, I, nor am I sure how Thanos knew that. I know, exactly. Well, because he, he plucked the information from Rick Jones' mind. Yeah, but how do you know to pluck it from his mind? Yeah, he, no, he downloaded Rick Jones' entire mind. Yeah, but how do you know to do that? Well, that's, see, now there's a plot hole, I suspect. <laughs> if not to put too fine a point Thanos on Thanos read the plot. What are you talking about? There's no plot hole. <laughs> Thanos read it. <laughs> um, Apparently I- my Thanos is turning the Grimlock. Mm-hmm. Might mm-hmm. the Thanos replot? What you talk about? Oh, we have we have a slight typo on the next page. I feel the need to point out in the last panel where you have Mentor and Thanos sort of doing a back to back heads thing, sort of kibitzing the fight. Um, well, actually, that's no, a Super Scroll. Oh, I'm sorry, Super Scroll. And Super Scroll says you struggle well, Marvel, but it says Marv L instead of Mar. Vel, which is, you know, so a bit of a typo, sorry. Uh, Sorry to point it out, but that's sort of what I'm doing. They both both say different things, but they both end up saying, our might shall be our right. Right. But mentors saying things of more like, you know, we must save our world and Super Scrolls, like, Mm -hmm. justice demands we collect the price. And yeah, Super Scrolls more like, eh, we're better than you. It is Thanos who shall conquer, you know, strength, might. But I like both of them are saying, our might shall be our right. Again, this is set up because in a few. This is very much Stalin's working through some real counterculture, peacenik sort of stuff. But he's here. also doing it in a way of showing of like there's flip sides to it. Like I think he's, no, absolutely. Like, for mentor, it's like our might will make our right will make us might. Right. And for scroll, it's well. Our, I mean, look, our I might make this, makes us right. I want to make this point, so I have to spoil what's coming up in a couple issues. Eon is going to do this big old thing where he turns Captain Marvel into a righteous warrior for peace, basically sort of thing. And I think what Stalin is doing here is really laying down the concept that both the putative good guys, and I'm using air quotes here, and the so-called bad guys, both are both coming. Basically, he's trying to set it up so that when Captain Marvel becomes this sort of warrior for peace, he wants to present him as really the only 
quote-unquote hero in all of creation who's going to have this mindset. This real sort of countercultural, like, you know, I'm the rebel and only I sort of get it, man. What's wrong oh. with the system, you man? Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I think he's really laying out this, the whole system, this whole court is out of order kind of deal. You See, know what I'm the, saying? I didn't really like that, but maybe it's because I haven't read those other issues yet that will put this right. in context. But that's how I'm, that's reading I'm, this page right here. It just kind of put to me like a flip side, like for mentor, it's our, we are right, so therefore that will make us mighty. Mm-hmm. And with Super Skull, it's like, well, we're mighty, so therefore we're right. Right. No, and I think that's interesting that, 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 that we're coming at this from different places. And I think that makes this, not to get too meta on y'all listeners, but it's a, a sort of makes it an interesting way to approach this for podcast purposes. Because, you know, here you're coming at it as a first-time reader, basically. So you're reading this, you're taking this in as you would have taken this in, you know, in 1973 upon first publication. Me, having read the the Thanos, you know, read ahead in the Thanos you saga. You know what he's planning. It's like being able to see what's getting laid down here fundamentally, like what sort of seeds are getting planted here in light of what they will grow into in a few issues is really freaking interesting, and I'm glad I have the chance to bring that perspective to this analysis of the Captain Marvel, Adam Warlock, and Thanos uh, epic. So I, the um, thing is, that it is kind of like a Captain Marvel one right now because he is the good guy. Well, but. because we're we're getting the Thanos sort of deal, and Thanos. Warlock will come into it. Yeah. When the time is right. But this is not the point yet where if Thanos appears, it's going to be almost pretty much a Thanos book in almost anything mm-hmm. he's in. Right now, it's still just Thanos is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. The Ultraverse Network begins now. Over 20 years ago, Malibu Comics debuted the Ultraverse. It may not have lasted long, but the creativity and quality of its titles and creators caught many readers' imaginations when it first appeared and in the years since. This network of fans celebrates the fun and excitement of the Ultraverse and its awesome writers, artists, and characters. Featuring three ongoing podcasts covering a variety of topics, including Nightman and Solitaire, our blog will feature regular coverage of The Strangers, Sludge, Firearm, Ultra Force, and all your other favorites. Look for Ultraverse Network on iTunes and visit our website at ultraversepodcast.com. We are giving Ultraverse fandom a jumpstart. If you're looking to buy yourself a copy of this issue, besides just the original, there are a couple reprints you can find. There is The Life of Captain Marvel, number two, and The Life of Captain Marvel trade paperback, as well as The Life and Death of Captain Marvel trade paperback, Marvel Masterworks Captain Marvel, volume three, Essential Captain Marvel, volume two, Avengers vs. Thanos trade paperback, and you can also buy digitally at comicology.com or on the Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited app, website and app. So, these are the Marvel books that had a publication date of July 1973 that either Adam or Thanos had appeared in before. Fantastic Four number 136 by Roy Thomas and John Buscema. Rock around the cosmos. When a strange series of events transpires to propel the FF into an alternate reality, they find themselves on opposite sides of a raging conflict. The Incredible Hulk, number 165, by Steve Englehart and Herb Trimpey. The Green-Skinned God. Enslaved by the undersea monarch, Captain Omen, Hulk has little hope for escape. Quickly, however, he finds that he is not the only one with dreams of the surface world. So I guess Hulk meets the Little Mermaid. All right. Iron Man number 60 by Mike Friedrich and George Tuska. Cry Marauder. With all that has gone down in Detroit, the last thing Tony needs is for one of his top secret projects to be hijacked. Meanwhile, Pepper and Happy's home life continues to slowly unravel. Marvel Premiere number 9 by Steve Englehart and Frank Bruner. The Crypts of Ka'u. Trapped on the now-dead planet Cthulhu's, Strange must use all the powers at his disposal to find a way back to Earth and the Ancient One. But can he truly fathom the fate and intentions of his mentor, or will his ignorance doom a planet? And finally, Thor number 213 by Jerry Conway, Len Wein, John Buscema, and Don Perlin. The Demon Brigade. Deceived by Siskar, Thor and his companions find themselves besieged on a strange world. Will Thor's resolve be enough to save Odin and the others, or has the great kingdom of Asgard finally met its end? Spoiler, he probably wins, because Asgard's still around later. You might have noticed that the discussion of the issue has ended, even though we didn't get to the end of it. That's because Brian and I really 
didn't give ourselves enough time and we had to leave because Brian had to catch his train to work, even though we weren't done. We were going to meet up again, but due to scheduling issues, we weren't able to. So rather than have everything go out late, I'm putting the episode out as it is, which is most of it. And when we meet up next time to talk about Captain Marvel 28, we're going to start off by finishing up Captain Marvel 27. It's only a few few pages left anyway. So that's pretty much it for this issue episode. <laughs> Keep calling it an issue, but these are episodes. Pretty much it for this episode now. Uh, you can also find me and Brian as well on Four Color Fanboys, which you can look up on iTunes or find at fourcolor.podwits.com. And since he's not here to pimp for himself, you can also find Brian besides there at Wahoo, a Sergeant Fury podcast at furycast.podwits.com. Or, of course, on his main podcast, The Podwits, along with his other co-hosts, Jay Marcus and Dion Baia. And you can find that on iTunes or at podwits.com. All right, I am going to now drop in contact information for this show right now. You can send an email at resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com, go to the show's Tumblr page, where I post mostly every day with Warlock Thanos news or images from the issues we have covered at resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com, and go like our Facebook page. Just search for Adam Warlock and it should come up. This show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is Radio On Demand, a free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at Stitcher.com or in the App Store. Okay, with that out of the way now, the show should be back in about two weeks-ish. With episode 27 with John Wilson and Warlock number 7, as long as everything goes according to plan. And then at the end of April, we'll be back with episode 28, where me and Brian will be back again. So we'll see you all then. Take care, everybody. Bye. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended, or happening, or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Marvel before we lose all our time. Yeah, exactly. Now, whoa, let me let me get my clock out so I can keep my eye on the time. Caption Marvel. Okay. You weren't. What happened? Yeah. Why are you reading the Mighty Thor? I don't know. It's not doing the picture I want. <sighs> the file in the file. It's in order, but for some reason, when I go to look at it, it's in reverse. Weird. Okay. Trapped on Rick Jones, unable to free Captain Marvel, and trapped on Titan. No, don't stop. No, don't move on your own. Stop it. Alright. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Lead us... Lead us in song, Captain Marvel. Stop. Maybe that stops it. I mean, I'm kicking this across the room. <laughs> I ran up at the printer because I was trying to print up something, and uh-huh. it wouldn't let me print it up this morning because the color ink cartridges are empty. Ugh. I want to print in black and white. Mm-hmm. But you can't because the color ink cartridges. Are yeah, empty. that happened. That that happened to me actually last week. I print out the New York Times crossword every morning to do it, 
Animal. And uh, last, and they're black and white. And I went to print I didn't last put week. The and it's like, black and white only. Yeah. And and it said you must replace the yellow cartridge. I'm like, why? There's no yellow here. Stop it. Yeah, it's like we used to be able to print when it was only black and white. You know, nope, don't matter. Yeah, modern technology, ain't it wonderful? Anyway. Sometimes, anyway. 